0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sword. This week we read Peshat uh, Nitzavim. Uh, I just want to begin by saying thank you to everyone. This was the first year that we posted uh, each week a, a, uh, a podcast and I want to thank you for joining me. It's interesting when I get some of the feedback, I hear that it's nice that I spend a uh, some time with you each week but you could also spend a little time with me each week. You know I send out so many newsletters each week and and the podcast is getting more and more popular. It's nice when people send me back a note or even a little note. I want to thank Monique for sending me a note this morning. Uh you're the best and uh I uh, I want to also thank my friend AB Safti. AB we spoke this morning and uh, I, I, my class this week is going to be very, very brief. I don't know why, but it's a last year and the year before always is a very brief, uh, just a thought. And usually I, for some reason this week with everything we do, I, I always come out late with it. Uh, so AB, you know, it's, it's amazing and everyone should realize that, you know, you have friends and you have friends, even if you're not with them every day and you don't speak to them every week. Uh, you know that you could depend on those people no matter what happens in your life. You know that they're always there for you, and it's something important to know that someone is there for you, even if you're not speaking to them. You just know you have that support. You have someone to hold you up, which is really the thought that I have on this week's parasha. We read this week, "Atem nitzavim hayom. You are all standing there today. You're standing, and you know we've mentioned in the past that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Bnei Israel, "Look, you're standing." Uh, after you heard all those curses, you still around. But uh, the pasuk continues, You're all standing here in front of Hashem, and then we go through a list of the of the people, Yisrael, and it continues. And the the Lor HaKadosh, uh, Kadosh, he teaches us something very very nice. He says that the opening words of this portion teach us That it appears that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted With this, let's call it renewed covenant You know, the rabbis tell us that You know, we had the covenant in Sinai, we messed up And Moshe is saying, okay, now you could commit He says, with this new covenant Or the renewed covenant Hashem, Moshe is, is telling Bnei Israel. Moshe is telling Bnei Israel that they have to remember to be responsible for each other in the performance of the mitzvot. Each Jew has to see it, that his fellow Jew does not stumble and commit sin. So it comes, you have to support them on the positive and you have to support them not to fall in the trap of the negative. And we have a verse which we, we, we discuss, we say, All of B'nai Israel are responsible one for another. And uh, Rabbi Abitan would teach us That as long as we're there to support one another We could be assured To be standing here today You're going to still be standing You're going to still be around You're going to still be able to be standing So I I found it interesting I shared in the newsletter this week That 20 years ago I shared a story that I heard with the Rabbi And what happened was This week uh, I heard the the rest of the story And uh, I found it so interesting that the the original story was such a wonderful story, but when you hear the rest of the story, it, it, it gives you a lot of strength. And the story that I originally told, you could find a version of the story in the book Touched by a Story by Rabbi Yechiel Spiro. I think a version of the story is also in uh, one of the art scroll books on uh, on Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld. Now, it's interesting today, if you, if you go to Sharyashev you see this beautiful, beautiful campus right uh, by the bridge going into Atlantic Beach, which is uh, sort of at the point where you divide the five towns, Rockaway and Atlantic Beach. But years ago, Sharyashiv was in the middle of Rockaway. I remember going there and uh, it was across the block down from Mott Street, uh, where the subway is, it wasn't in the best of neighborhoods, to say the least. And uh, in the middle of where it was, it was really a beacon for anyone who needed something. And it was really because of the guidance of the, of the Rosh Shiva, Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld. So the stories told that there was a guy, his name was Larry Levine. He was in a bit of a rut. I'm not sure if Larry Levine was his real name or change for the story. And uh, he was out of work for three months. He was desperate to find a job. He needed to stop paying back rent to prevent an eviction from his apartment. But the people, uh, when he went to look for a job, didn't appreciate his ponytailed hippie image. He was a child of the 60s. People seemed to be bothered by his unkempt, disheveled appearance, and they weren't too quick to give him a job. So he's running through the classified ads in one of these little local newspapers and he's looking for anything. He'll take anything because he literally needs to eat. And he sees a job. A janitor is wanted to con- to clean the study hall of yeshiva. And it says good pay. So he dials the number for Yeshayashiv Yashiv and he arranges to meet the next day. And when he gets there, for whatever reason, the uh, the uh, the head of the uh, of the building services is not around, or maybe there really wasn't one because, you know, the Rosh Yeshiva in those days handled everything. So he shows up and he's being interviewed by the Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld, instead of the head of maintenance. So Rabbi Freifeld asks Larry, you know, what, what you doing here? And Larry says, you know, I'm here to look for this position of a janitor, and he tells him, well, are you, are you qualified? And he tells him, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure I can clean up whatever needs to be cleaned up. And he says, well, it's in a yeshiva. Do you know anything about a yeshiva? And uh, he says to him, you know, actually, I, I do know a little about a yeshiva. I was in a yeshiva as a kid, but uh, but I left. But uh, but I was in a yeshiva as a kid. And they talked a little more. And Rabbi Freifeld said, you know what, Larry, I think I have a job for you. But... I don't think it's gonna be the janitor job. I don't know if you're qualified for that, but I think I have a job that you might be qualified for. I wanna know if you're willing to take on a position as a teacher, as a maggid sheer, as a rebbe here, beginning on Wednesday. And Larry looks and says, what? Rabbi, can't you tell from the way I'm dressed, I'm not interviewing for a teacher's position. I'm here to be a janitor. That's what you're offered in the paper. And he wondered if the rabbi was playing a joke on him. So Rabbi Freifeld was quite serious. And he says, didn't you tell me you learned Gemara in the past? Listen, Larry, I have three boys. Their hair is longer than yours. And I'm sure that you're going to be able to relate to them much better than I can. Listen, if you don't want the job, then I'll just have to give it to someone else. But this is the only job available at the time. Larry knew it was cold outside, he knew he had an eviction notice, and he really wanted to be able to get something to eat. So Rabbi Freifeld asked if he ever learned the first parak of Baba Metzia before, and Larry had a recollection of, uh, of something about two people holding on to a single garment, and he said, yeah, he learned it before. So the rabbi added that if he needed any help preparing the classes, he should feel free to come to him at any time. They shook hands and Larry left as the newest member of the Sharyashev teaching staff. So Larry sat and he prepared that first class and he enjoyed it. And he sat down and he gave the kids the class and he came back to the rabbi and he said, you know, what? I feel funny uh, teaching a class with a baseball hat. Maybe you could get me a yarmulke. And uh, the way I heard it afterwards, you know, he had to put five bobby pins to hold the yarmulke in place. And later on he... Felt funny that he wasn't coming to Minyan and uh, and wearing tzitzit, so he got tzitzit from the rabbi, and then he got a tallit, he got a, he got a tefillin, and he was able to pray with the boys. And eventually, they said that he became a quite popular teacher. He married and moved on to Israel. So I later on heard the rest of the story. It was told by Rabbi Shlomo Lando, and he said he heard it directly from Rabbi Savi Meir of Israel. He said that there was an older man who had learned in yeshiva when he was younger. And at the time, he had a chavrutah, learning partner, who suddenly left the yeshiva. He left his Torah world behind, and he descended into a world of drugs and rock and roll. At one time, he met some of his friends from the time that they were in yeshiva together. And one of them remembered the guy who left yeshiva when they were there 25 years ago this guy he said sunk to the bottom of the barrel well he told everyone you know remember that guy well today he's a well-respected rosh yeshiva at Eretz Yisrael and he's doing some amazing things so his former chavruta he said wow that's amazing the next time i go to israel I need to find him, I need to look him up. And I'm sure that, that he must have felt a twinge of guilt that he had not looked him up before, or reached out to him to see if he could do something. In any event, sometime later, he makes it to Eretz Israel, he finds the Kollel, and he walks in and he's standing in the back of the room and he's just watching and he sees how incredible it is that it's filled with guys and they're all learning learning in depth, learning with devotion. And he sees the Rosh Yeshiva. He's like a captain of a ship, guiding and steering each of the people there. So after hanging around in the back for a while, he walks over to the Rosh Kolel at the front of the room. Their eyes meet, and there's instant recognition. And the teacher gets up, they hug with a smile. The rabbi says, I'm sure you're wondering what happened to me. Let's finish the session, we'll talk. A bit later, they walk into the Rosh yeshiva's room and the visitor is struck by a life-size portrait taking up the entire wall of the office. He has never seen anything like this. It's almost a billboard. And the Rosh yeshiva begins to recount the story that we told above. And what's interesting is in this version, we don't mention Rabbi Freifeld, we don't mention Yashu. There are no names in this story, but it's easy to put one and one together. He explained also that when he met with the Rosh Hashiva, he was really reluctant to take the job. He imagined that the rabbi who was famous for drawing people back was simply trying to use this to clean him up and get him back. And he insisted in his mind at the time that he had given up all of this nonsense and he wasn't willing to sell his soul, no matter how hungry or if he was getting evicted. But he went on to explain that the rabbi saw his inner struggle and even suggested to him that perhaps he was afraid that this was a ploy. So the rabbi told him, don't worry. You don't have to shave. You don't have to cut your hair. You don't have to change your clothes. You can keep the baseball cap, and let's give it a try. Maybe you can do what I can't do with these boys. And he said he did, and he sat to learn. And for whatever reason, he was able to give it a chance. You know, we hear you open up that, that the little opening, Hashem says, the size of, the size of a pinhole, and I'll, I'll do the rest. And he said it all started coming back to him. He understood the Gemara. He went to the Rashi. He looked at the Tosfot. He started looking at the Rishonim. He started looking at the Akronim. And it drew his soul in and he liked it. And more than anything, he connected with the kids. And he was getting paid for all of this. And he then shared how it didn't take long for him to put that kippah on. Even though he had to secure it down with all those bobby pins. Eventually, he went to shave to get a haircut to change his clothes. He joined the Minyan. he completely came back finding a home and loving support in Far Rockaway. And as he said, look at the blessing of Hashem. Look at this kola, look at the excitement and the learning. And Baruch Hashem, the rabbi said he had a family, a supportive and loving wife and amazing children. He says, now you could all understand why that life-size portrait is sitting in his office. And even though when they tell the second story, they don't tell who it was, we know it was Rabbi Freifeld. In this case, you see a rabbi who took a chance on someone else, but he took a chance on a lot of people. He saw his own responsibility in opening doors and allowing people to see and reach their potential. We really all should be inspired to do the same on whatever level that we can. We all have the ability to help someone through the door. We have the ability to get someone off the ground, to get them to stand, to support them, and to be there for them. You never know where it's going to lead. We say that Hashem judges us on Rosh Hashanah based on how we relate to others. We say, Atem hayom. The Zohar kadosh." says, you are standing here hayom today A yom, the Zohar says, is Rosh Hashanah. This perasha, which we always read before Rosh Hashanah, is telling us you're standing here on Rosh Hashanah in front of Hashem to be judged. You want to be judged for the good? Help the guy next to you. You're standing there. Let us remember to lend that guy a hand, to lend him an arm, to lend him a shoulder, to give him your body to help support him so he could stand too. The rabbis tell us that Hashem guarantees us that if we support each other, we could be assured that Hashem will bless and support us too. As Rabbi Avitan always told us, If you love your friend like yourself, then you'll have a relationship with Hashem because the rest of the pasuk is Ani Hashem. I am Hashem. I am Yudke Bavke. I am Rachamim, I am the one who will take care of you and support you, no matter what. I want to bless all of you with a year of health and happiness, of peace and prosperity. Tizkul l'shanim tovod ne'imot Shabbat Shalom, happy and healthy New Year.